This podcast contains language that is not appropriate for children, including shit given, cunt muffin, and cock goblin. Cunt muffin. Cunt muffin. That was our that was our vocal warm up there, tonight. There's your vocal warm up. That's anybody's given ate vocal. The cunt muffin after eating the cock goblin. Delicious. <laughs> your words. <laughs> Well, tonight's episode of the Science Enthusiast Podcast is brought to you by Clear Name. This is why we edit. Come on, do it, do it. And that's not even like the part that I said I was going to fuck up. <clears throat> tonight's episode of the Science Enthusiast Podcast is brought to you by Clear Knee Mom Jeans from Nordstrom. Do you enjoy the comfort and style of vinyl pants, but crave the discomfort of high water pants? Do you enjoy a fabric that doesn't breathe and want people to know instantly how sweaty your legs are? then you will love Nordstrom's new Clear Knee Mom Jeans. And what a deal for only $95. Clear Knee Mom Jeans. As many extra holes in your jeans as there are genders. Fucking broad bet. All right, yeah. yeah. Don't buy Clear I mean, Knee Mom could have Jeans. A dis- I'm open to having a discussion here. I've had a discussion about that. But you made, you made the comment, it's like peekaboo knee sweat. Like It is, it's like... Like, like I everybody wanted, sweats, I like everybody poops, everybody sexy. sweats, everybody pees, yeah. like everybody ejaculates, not everybody ejaculates. Yeah. So I, we had to work in like cum somehow. But and you did, you like, did, you know, you just brought, you, you brought in cum. Why would you want to do that? Like, how is that comfortable? And then like, it's got to be noisy, right? <laughs> there's, okay, there's, there's so much wrong with it. And, and so like, there's so much wrong with it. Like they're ugly as fuck, whatever, but they're also $95, like if I have $95 and I'm like, I want to spend some, I want to spend $95. I'm not going to buy clear new mom jeans. I am not, I, that's not what I'm spending my money on, but you know what? Well, I and I can't even like, think of the last time I actually bought a new pair of jeans. It's like two years ago. And the last time I washed a pair of jeans was probably like three years ago. It's an insight into my soul that you didn't want. But you know what though? I like, I'm not, I don't wash my jeans that regularly. I don't think, I mean, they're more comfortable that way, right? Or are we just being gross I mean, I, I, I don't feel even know. less fat. <laughs> for what that's worth. I guess that's, I guess that's worth something. Uh, do you, do you want to, yeah, do you want to say hi and who we are? For anyone who's oh, not Oh, yeah, there's, yeah, there's that part. Yeah, do See, that this thing. is why this is like we need somebody we need a we need a produce a full-time producer but that's me like reading comments and saying and then like yeah well i mean you're not doing your job reading comments uh as opposed to reading what's on the on the google doc here <clears throat> hello and thank you for listening to the science enthusiast podcast can you can you hear me doing this with a smile our feedback on the video was that i don't smile enough so i'm doing this with a smile and my name is dan broadman and as always i'm joined by my decadent friend Natalie Newell. Decadent? That's I, I improv. I improv. I improv. <laughs> See, that's why I you improv. Wow, that was awesome. Yeah, I'm, I'm decadent. I, I spent ninety five dollars on mom jeans. I live it up. Um, classy so, AF, as the kids say. I to- I am classy as fuck. Like, let's not get that twisted. But a real I woman am. wouldn't uh, like a real a real like woman wouldn't say one woman lady. I'm sorry. Lady, I can't lady. even like. I can't even uh, mock like. You can't even misogyny mock me. very well, can I? Yeah, no, you fail. Um, yeah, I know. A, a real lady wouldn't say classy as fuck, and so I guess I'm not a real lady. 
<laughs> Surprise, everybody. I've talked about Com on like five shows already. We're, we're not really going for the... By you know, choice. Like It wasn't even like a discussion that I started or... No, no. I mean, I, I'm the one that chose to like... I brought it to the table and... And now it's like, it's like, that's the kind of thing, though. It's like, you bring it to the table once, you, like, open up the whole cum discussion. People expect it now. So it's hot. It's really tricky. <laughs> I don't, I don't, I, I think that's the first time anybody's had, like, the statement of cum discussion. Like, a, like a discussion about cum discussion. Like, how meta is Are that? Are we, like, meta here? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, um, so what, what'd you do this weekend? This let's weekend, not let's not I even do a, a smooth segue but you did something cool yeah right i did i did a i was on a panel discussion to talk about social media like my favorite thing in the world uh besides my kids and like all the other stuff i have to say are, are my favorite things yeah. um but yeah it was it was cool i met like a lot of uh local like i i haven't spoiler been very active uh locally with things with uh, the i guess the the scientific community uh, locally and, and things like that so that was that was neat to, to kind of get out there and m actually meet people uh, which like <laughs> meeting people is like the worst thing in the world but like most of the time we'll say uh, anyway it's hard segue again but yeah it was, it was cool to, to talk about it and it kind of like reminded me like where is like just two years ago, like I was just getting started out. And so like the, the kinds of, they're like, I got a thousand views on this or like, you know, mm -hmm. I, I got 50 new people following me and stuff. It's like, Oh, well I, <laughs> you know, I have 20 million people like each week that like interact or see, see my page and 5 million interact with it. So it's just, it's, it's just weird to, to do that. And, and also cool at the same time to be able to like give them like advice on how to like grow like whatever they're doing and, and get their their brand of uh science communication out there that's really cool and like that just must be sort of this really neat experience though to kind of reflect on how far you're you've come with all of it and where it's going and all that you had stuff a, you and had like mention come again didn't you god damn it i know i like i just i say the word it, it's just it's a word and my mind doesn't go immediately to the gutter, but sorry for bringing down the level of conversation there. <laughs> it's all right. Well, I mean, we can do, we, we were just full of hard segues, so we can uh, yeah. instead talk about our God of the Week, or did you have a story to tell us? Um, I'm, you know, I'm going to do the God of the Week, and then I think I'm going to save my story from the book I was reading for like another gotcha. week. But, um, all right. So, so what's our God of the Week? So, okay. So God of the Week is Baal, the... Middle Eastern storm god of war. Um, so this one, he started, like, I would say humble beginnings, just being in charge of storms and thunder and, like, that kind of shit, you know, weather, whatever. Um, but then I guess he kind of got a promotion. I don't know how this works, really. But um, he began to oversee war and heroic action and adventure and all that stuff. And then, so I'm, I'm reading... Do you think they have an HR him. department that oversees... Promotions Probably. of gods, like do I, they have I would to clear think that so. HR first. Do they do like background I, checks on gods? Probably not background checks because I think a lot of them have a lot of like seedy stuff that they're involved in in the, you know like, in their free time. Because right. here's so, the like, thing: how how how, do they, how would they like everybody? I guess if everybody I, is not good, that kind of puts everyone on the same page. True. So so HR promotes him, whatever. But like 
as I'm reading, you know, the, the website about this guy, God, whatever, I get distracted by the fact that I think he was banging his sister. As, as so, you do? Like, Ooh, and, and I don't feel so, good about that joke. I don't feel good about so that like, joke. Let's, let's edit that <laughs> no, out. Edit you that can edit out. that out. <laughs> so you said that really, really easily. Um, it, it just, but so for <laughs> for but, the record, I don't have a sister. Let's not start that rumor. So, so like, so really though, it, it seemed like from the story, his sister, who happened to be like a sex goddess, was his like life partner. Um, so, I mean, I just assumed they were, they were banging. Um, but like, I guess, you know, if, if even today, like Ken Ham can open a genocide and incest park, I mean, we, I guess we don't really question how these gods like got down with each other. Right. I, I mean, I, I'm not here to judge, like literally, I don't I'm even know, but I, but I think that, I think that's what was happening. Anyways, um, then I just kind of kept reading, even though I was getting distracted by that. Um, so anyways, <laughs> Baal, like he's, he's the God of all this stuff. And eventually his reputation got kind of fucked over because it said that Jewish leaders took exception to a cult of his worshipers, like sneakily offering sacred prostitution in Palestine. So then, like, Baal was, like, I don't know, I guess they talked a lot of shit about him as a god and spread rumors and stuff, and so he became sort of universally hated. Um, so, like, possibly banging his sister, people doing, like, you know, I don't know, prostitution type of stuff in his honor. Um, I don't know. He, I, maybe he should have just stuck to weather. Maybe he should have just stuck to storms and thunder and weather and been like the god of meteorology. But we got we we went here. They all they all all these stories just end in I don't know. Is, I don't even is know. Is that why Israel and Palestine don't get along? Because of this guy and his prostitutes? I don't know. Maybe. Maybe like they some shit talking between the two of them. It's possible. It's anything is possible. So um. So there, there's our God. I, sorry, all of these, are just, like, <laughs> like I mean, stupid. I don't even. You could we like, can call I, it stupid because we're calling the gods and the idea of God stupid. We're not yeah. calling the followers like, I, stupid. I, I clicked, so if you I, follow Baal or like whatever dumb fucking Middle Eastern god of your choice, it's I mean, it's your choice. You know, it's your life choice. It's just um, <laughs> it's your life choice. Yellow, like, yeah. Yolo, follow follow him and do sacred prostitution. Um, yeah. So that's it. That that's my that's my god this week. Um, not not a lot of semen. Maybe a whole bunch of incest. So sorry, guys. Tonight on our podcast, we are honored to welcome Yasmin Mohammed, and um, Yasmin is an Arab-Canadian university educator, activist, and author who has a blog called Confessions of an Ex-Muslim, and who has recently written a memoir entitled From Al-Qaeda to Atheism. Thank you, Yasmin, for joining us and being so willing to share your story with us and our audience. Thank you for inviting me, Natalie and Dan. I'm really glad to be here. And let's give a thank you to uh, our mutual friend, Faisal, for, like, helping arrange this. Um, yeah. He's been 
friend of our podcast and us. So, like, Faisal, thank you so much for connecting us with Yasmin. Faisal, I'll bag daddy. I'll, I'll swag daddy. Ooh, that's, oh, that's good. That is, that is so him. So, I mean, like, I know you're going to have so much to tell us tonight because you have... Yeah, it's, it's, it's one of those, like, where do we begin here? Like, <laughs> it's like, where do we even begin? So, like, can you just start at the beginning? I mean, I, like, I'm just fascinated in knowing what, like, what was it like from childhood? growing up in a conservative Muslim family in North America. And that's like another thing I want to point out is that this is all, your story takes place in North America. Mm-hmm. And and that, you know, that was just one of the first things obviously that struck me is that this is, mm-hmm. right Yeah, so even though I'm I'm here in North America, it was, it was pretty insular. So I could, it could have been anywhere in the world. Um, Actually, I've read some stories by people that were part of the Westboro Baptist Church or, you know, um, Orthodox Jews or even Mormons sometimes that they like we speak the same language, like we're completing each other's sentences because it's sort of the same thing. Even though you're in the middle of society, you're sort of off in a bubble separated all by yourself. Um, So, yeah, that's what it was like, even though I was I was here, I was kind of not here. It wasn't until I left Islam that I kind of joined society and and was um, not seeing everybody around me as my enemy, but just starting to um, just appreciate and recognize like the country that I was in. I mean, I I read a book by uh, Shazia Hobbs called the Gori's daughter and Gori just means like white woman in Urdu. So her dad is Pakistani and her mom is Scottish and she grew up like same thing in this like Pakistani uh, like area of Glasgow. And she, when she left, ran away from her family, she legitimately did not know how to survive outside of her community. Like she, she didn't know anything about the outside world. Um, so it's pretty crazy, but unfortunately, it's it's pretty common. And so, like your your community, your religious community and family, that was your community that you were yeah. in. Yeah, so, my mom was. Mm-hmm. Like, was there was there much exposure to anybody outside, or even like with school or any like what was your schooling? So, like, um, a lot of my schooling was in Islamic schools, uh, which is part of the, you know. It's part of the indoctrination part. Like it's a way to keep the kids separated from the rest of society. Um, It's hard to convince kids that the non-Muslims are out to get you and they're evil and they're, we're at war with them and all that stuff. If you're interacting with these kids and you're friends with these kids. So having a Muslim school serves to separate them from non-Muslim kids. And then that way, when they start to tell them, you know, non-Muslims or this, that, and the other thing, it's easier for them to believe. I mean, that's why when you go to Egypt or other Muslim-majority countries, people have, like, these ridiculous notions about Jews. <laughs> like, they think that they're, like, these super beings, like, almost like alien beings with all of these, like, amazing powers because they there's there are no Jewish people there. So they can just keep on perpetuating these myths about, like, Oh, you know, they're going to put cancer in the vegetables because they're trying to kill us all. Oh, yeah. 
like all sorts of crazy stuff. That's re- um, that's real stuff. That's that real. That was actually some, like, no, that was something wow. my aunt actually said to me. <laughs> she said the cucumbers are so much smaller in the market these days than they used to be. Like, oh, it says that they're coming from Lebanon, but I bet you it's the Jews. They came across <laughs> <laughs> the border. <laughs> And they they put cancer into the vegetables, and now they're trying to feed them to us. This is like what? it's this is funny now, but yeah. but yeah. Um, and I mean, speak to like I'm sure if you asked Faisal the same question, he'd have had like a lot of crazy stories to tell you too about the kinds of things that his family members um, believed, and and just the society at large. I was talking to this guy Hashem recently who grew up in Iraq, and he was saying that. Um, up until he was like 10 years old, he thought Jewish people were aliens from outer space. He didn't realize that they were actually human beings. <laughs> so yeah, this us versus them thing is quite, quite strong. And the Muslim schools serve to perpetuate that us versus them um, dichotomy, I guess. Yeah. And we could talk, we could so talk I, for like the next two to three hours about <laughs> religious schools, but yeah, <laughs> that's, yeah. A, that's a topic of another show, but yeah. tell us about like just how this all happens where you end up being forced into this, this marriage. All right. Um, so I, uh, okay. I'm going to have to go back a little bit. So my, my parents actually got divorced when I was just like about two years old. And my mom had three kids. She was pretty like, you know, she came from a Muslim family, but she did wasn't really Muslim. Like she didn't practice, she didn't pray, she didn't wear hijab. She was, it was just sort of just like a cultural thing. Um, but now she found herself with three kids, you know, and this is again, a common story, um, she was just looking for something to hold on to, looking for something to grasp. And so she found religion. And in the mosque, she met some man that was already married, but said, I'll also marry you and take care of your children for you. So she became his second wife. Um, and that's when it all began. That was when the the hardcore Salafi, like just life is all about, prayer and devotion to God. And you're going to, you know, you fulfill your destiny of dying in the name of, of Allah. And then in heaven, you get all the good stuff. Like, don't worry about earth. It's irrelevant. You just, your aim is to just die in his name. Um, and that was it. That was, it was like one single focus for all those years. And, um, knowing like I knew that when I graduated from high school, they were going to marry me off. I'm surprised. Actually, I wouldn't be surprised if they had married me off before I finished high school. Um, but I was pretty sure I wasn't going to, they weren't going to let me go to college or, you know, get a job or anything. Like there's, there's no way I was going to join society as an individual. I was going to be somebody's wife, somebody else's possession. Um, so I tried to, I tried to fight it for a while, which is why I lasted all the way till I was 19 um, because I was fighting it. But eventually I just gave in. I was like, you know what? I want my mom to love me. I want her to be proud of me. I want, let's see, I'll try it her way and let's see if, 
if my life ends up becoming just easier, because it's just constant, constant struggle and fighting. And, and I was so unhappy and so full of self hate. And, and I had no other options. I just didn't want to, to marry this guy. I just didn't like him. I had there was something about him. I mean, I didn't like any of the guys she brought forward. But especially this one, like he was just, there's something sinister about him. I was very uncomfortable around him. And I was speaking to Faisal at one point too. And we were both, because we both know people that are from um, Al-Qaeda. And I said something like, there's just, you, you can, you can sense them. And he's like, yep, you can sense them. And I remember Majid Nawaz saying the same thing. He's like, <clears throat> sorry guys, I have something in my throat. Um, Majid was saying like, you can smell them. <laughs> like you, They just, there's something about them. Like there's something different about these guys. They're off. Do they smell um, like they live in caves? <laughs> yeah. That- they smell like camel urine, maybe. <laughs> That's a thing, by the way. I don't know way. what that smells like. But- That's- <laughs> Drinking camel urine actually cures all diseases, I'll have you oh, know. Okay. So, oh, yeah. Okay. Prophet Muhammad wow. said so. So, all right. Yeah. If you don't agree well, with no, me, I heard, you're just an heard, Islamophobe. <laughs> yeah, I, exactly. I heard Islam was very progressive, in, yeah. especially like when it comes to like female genitalia, how birth works, and and things mm-hmm. like that. Yeah, yeah, totally. And you can even get camel urine in juice boxes now. That's how progressive it is. <laughs> so anyway, flavor? you're do just they do you're, like pineapple? dropping a lot of weird knowledge on us. Wow. <laughs> I, I, I want to talk about pee. That's like that's what I came here for. <laughs> now, how do we for get on pee? this topic? It always ends I mean, up into potty talk up. and you got kids. <laughs> you're <laughs> the one that brought it up here. <laughs> I guess I get like, the blame. Camel urine juice boxes. That, that could be the sponsor <laughs> of this episode. So to send you, some to Dan. <laughs> um, so where even was I? I don't even know. So, I don't know. So we were so talking you, about camel urine and then I get distracted. <laughs> he gets distracted by that. So you you could sense the. Oh, right. The, yeah, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. I could smell guys. the camel urine. Yeah. Right, right. So I just, I didn't like him. I didn't, I didn't want to marry him. But of course, I didn't, I didn't have a choice. So um, ended up marrying him you know was put in cob, and that's the face covering like face covering not even my eyes um gloves and black socks and all these things delivered from Saudi Arabia because nothing was quite opaque enough in Canada um and I I pretty much just stayed in the house for those four years anyway it's not like I left the house but even the wall, like the, the windows, he would cover them in, in paper just in case you could see through the curtain, in case the curtain moved, like there was a wind or something. So he also had like like meat packing paper taped all around the windows. Um, and I just lived like that. And I ended up having a baby and um, I was... I was unhappy, but I didn't know of any, I didn't know what else to do. I didn't think I had any other options. I had, I had no idea. Um, But then when my daughter was born, that's when I figured, like, I just looked at this little girl that was my, that I loved her so much. And I was just going to do anything to protect her. You know, the feeling, Natalie. Yeah. Yeah. And then, so I was like, I don't even care. Not do you have kids? kids. He ha- no. Oh, I'm, I mean, yeah, I do. I'm sorry. I didn't realize you had, you just look like such a young buck. <laughs> All right. You, so you both know what I mean. Like you, yeah. you look at yeah. your child and you're like, I will 
like do anything that it takes to protect this baby. And so that's what I did. I had a high school education and I didn't really have, didn't know anything about it. I mean, this, these are the days before the internet, right? So it's not like I could Google or figure out anything, no cell phone, nothing. Um, but I had to get my daughter out of that world. And so, and so I did. And so what was that like sort of escape like for you? I mean, it was a, it was a two tiered escape. <laughs> First, I had to get away from him. Mm-hmm. Um, and to get away from him, I went to stay with my mom. And then I had to get away from my mom after that. So it, it actually took a long time. Um, there's all sorts of things I'm skipping over here. But one of the things that happened too, okay, so there was at one point my mom ended up having a really bad nosebleed and it was also coming out like she was coughing up blood. So I called 911 and the ambulance came and took us to the hospital. And that was the very first time in all those years that I was actually out of the house without him. Like he was always right there with me. This was the first time that I was out in the world without him by my side. And CSIS, who are the Canadian CIA, came and found me in the waiting room of the hospital, like instantly. Um, And they told me about who he was and connected to bin Laden and and everything. And I didn't know any of these characters. I had no idea what Al Qaeda was. This is pre 9-11. He was there for 9-11. That was his purpose. So um, I didn't know any of these things, but it scared me and it gave me more reason to want to get out. But um, I didn't actually get out right away. But I was able to separate him and my mom because him and my mom together had like a really, really strong bond. And I knew that I wasn't gonna be able to fight them both. So I sort of did the divide and conquer thing, which was pretty easy, because I basically just told my mom all of the things that he was saying. And one of the things that he was saying was that he wanted her to move out, he was tired of having her in the house with us. So I told my mom that he said this, and then she got so enraged, and she moved out that day. So then I only had to deal with him. And then it was a little bit easier And so I sort of got complacent. It was easier because he was never home. He always went out all the time with his friends because he was there for a purpose, right? He's there for his, for a reason. He didn't have a job, but he was always out with his, with his friends um, for days at a time. So it was just me and my daughter and I got complacent. And then that's when I found out that I was pregnant again. And that's when I really got scared because then I was like, I could survive with one baby, but now like a second baby, like how could I have not left when I had the chance to leave? And so I just sort of at that point kind of accepted my fate. I was like, okay, well, this is it then. I'm just going to accept the role of the Al-Qaeda wife and just this is my life because I'm not going to be able to survive with two kids. And then I found out that the baby didn't have a heartbeat. And so then I was consumed with guilt because now I felt like I was the one that killed my baby because I was actually not wanting it to be born. But at the same time, I was also feeling like I better get the fuck out of here as quickly as possible before I lose my chance again. So when I went for the DNC, 
afterwards, because I had a general anesthetic. So the doctor said, you know, you're going to need a couple days where somebody helps with your daughter because she was just a baby at the time because uh, you're going to be like groggy or whatever. So I was like, great. Can I go stay with my mom? Because obviously he's not going to help me with the baby. So he's like, yeah, whatever. Go stay with your mom for a couple days. And he left me there for a week. And so within that week, I got my shit together. I got in the yellow pages, looked up a lawyer. Um, and I, my mom went to work because my mom didn't know what was going on either. My mom went to work. She, she was the head of the Islamic studies department at the Islamic school. She went to work. I took my daughter in my niqab still and, you know, got on the bus, found my way to the, to the lawyer. And I was like, I need full custody, a restraining order and a divorce like ASAP. And you can't call me at the house. You know, like you, we have to just, we have to do everything now. And she was wonderful. And I didn't even realize at the time how wonderful she was because I was in such shock and panic. Um, but she was basically like, I got this. Don't worry. It's fine. And I was so nervous because I had to give her his address because he, he had to get served. And, and I just didn't know if everything was happening because there was no way for me to contact her. So I just sort of like left it in her hands and then just hoped that it was actually going to happen. Um, and then I, it did happen because he came to my mom's building screaming and shouting and swearing and yelling, give me back my wife. So I was like, okay, so he must have been served. Yeah. So that's how I knew. Um, and then that I never saw him again after that. Like he just was, because now he had restraining orders to the cop because people in the building called the cops and they, and then the cops informed him, like, this is what the restraining order means that you can't come to this building anymore. And so I was scared to leave the building anyway, because they told me like, we can keep him from coming where you are. But if, if he doesn't know where you are and you both happen to be in the same mall or something like that's different. So I had to be like, he's just not allowed to come to where I live. So I didn't leave the house because I was too scared that he'd be lurking around some corner. Um, but then eventually CSIS contacted me again and they showed me a picture of him behind bars in Egypt. And they're like, is this him? And I was like, yes, it's him. And so that's after that, I applied for student loans and I started to go to, to college. And then it was about getting out of my mom's house now because obviously no decent girl lives by herself. I mean, once you've been married, the, it, the, the rules are a little bit more lax because you're all, you're not a virgin anymore. So you're already used goods. So it's not as big of a psychotic hold on the girls, but still it's an embarrassment to your family if you're going to live on your own. So I had to it was, she wouldn't let me go live on my own with my daughter. And I didn't want to live with her anymore. Um, I had issues with my brother and I just wanted to start my life anew and she wouldn't let me. So when she went to Florida to visit my sister, I packed our bags and I basically, one of my friends who I'd met in university helped me to get a place and we, we just ran out of the house and then, um, yeah, so that's how I, that's how I got away from my mom. And then she was, 
so years pass. I finished university. Actually, when I was in university, that's when I took a course on um, on uh, the history of religions, and that's when I realized that everything I'd believed was bullshit. Like I was literally like Neo from the Matrix. Like what the what like everything was wrong. Everything was a lie, and so I wasn't ready to just drop Islam really quickly because it was too much a part of who I was, but I was really, really excited about the prospect. Like I was happy to find out that I didn't have to harbor all this hate that was being pushed on me. I was happy that I didn't have to have all this inner turmoil constantly, um, that I could just be myself. So the first thing that I did, um, once I finished university and by now nine 11 had happened and everybody was sort of very aware of women wearing hijab and stuff like that. So I didn't want to take off my hijab in school, even though I wanted to take it off, but because I didn't want to bring so much attention to myself. And I was afraid that people were going to all come to me and be like, Oh, did you take it off because of nine 11 and you want nothing to do with those Muslims anymore? And I kind of wasn't, didn't want to, um, didn't want to be an Islamophobe. <laughs> so, <laughs> you didn't want to be one of those people. Right? <laughs> yeah. So Not I was that like, you had like any reason to have a rational fear yeah, of, yeah. of anything like, because uh, that, no. we're, we'll just ignore that part. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I totally did, but I still had an emotional connection. And so I, I, I wasn't ready yet, but as soon as I graduated from university, I took it off. That was the first thing I did. And at this point I was calling myself, not religious. And, but I still thought that maybe there was a God, but I wasn't quite agnostic yet. I was still sort of Muslim, but not practicing. Like, you know, it's, it's this process, diet right? Muslim. Yes, exactly. Muslim light. Um, so my mom had just seen that I took off my hijab. She didn't even know anything about what was happening in my head. I hadn't spoken to her about anything. She just saw that I took off my hijab and she threatened to kill me. And she said, this is, you know, you're, you're, if you leave Islam, then you're to be killed. And I'm just going to be doing my duty as a Muslim because I'm not going to ruin my chances of not going to heaven by not having you murdered. So um, that was basically like my cue that I had to stay away from her because I didn't, people, people say like, my dad's going to kill me. And, but it's different when Muslims say it like it. Cause that's like a real thing. That's a real thing. Like honor killings are an actual thing. This isn't uh, like a you know dramatic hyperbole. So I I definitely believed her without a doubt. And so I haven't seen her in like almost fifteen years now, or spoken to her, or had any contact with her. Wow, I, mm. I'm pretty sure that was a question that somebody had asked. I believe asked for, um, you know, questions on our pages, like if you ever felt that, because I mean, that's, that's a, that's a real fear. Oh yeah. That, that, you know, you've done something to, to warrant that. I mean, that like, that's, oh, yeah. that's an, un, like, I can't imagine that yeah. feeling. I mean, and that's, and that's the thing, honestly, I was, um, reading, you know, one of your other interviews and just, I mean, the way you described so much of being in this, in the relationship, in this world, just how at one point I think you said you felt like you were just suffocating and it was just all around you all the time. And it just, there's something, there was something so powerful about that. But then also the fact that you've made this escape from it 
you know, and, and like, what, like, what did it feel like to be out? It was not, it's not that easy. It's like, um, it's brainwashing, right? So it like ensnares your brain in a way, like I'm talking like the way you eat, the way you drink, the way you go to the bathroom, the way you put on shoes, you know, the way you have sex, like every single aspect of your life is completely regulated. And so to go from having that constant um, instructions, I guess, like you, you, oh, you never think there's never an opportunity to think you're always, everything is always laid out for you. Um, and then of course you're praying five times a day too. So there's really no, it's not like you have any downtime. Like it's just, it's this constant filling your head up with, with that all the time. I can't remember who it was. I heard it on a podcast recently. Somebody was saying that somebody was asking a question on one of those, you know, Islamic chat things like, is it okay if I play Clash of the Clash of Titans or whatever? <laughs> like, these are legit questions because people are like, every single aspect of your life is, is regulated. I remember telling somebody that you weren't allowed to pluck your eyebrows and they were like, what? Like, that is so weird. I'm like, yeah, how you cut your toenails is laid out for you, like everything. So when you leave that and all of a sudden you've, the whole world is just like, you have to make decisions all of a sudden. I've, I've never made a decision in my life. I've never had choices. So it was really, that was probably the hardest part for me, especially since I had to get my own apartment and I had to somehow get my way to school and get my own groceries and like live my own life all of a sudden by myself with no support with having zero tools like zero ability for like decision making skills um so that was that was a, that was the toughest part yeah so uh, so there are other people that are in situations like this right? Mm -hmm. Where they are just in these kind of relationships. And I mean, and in just the religion in general, right? And probably questioning and wondering what, what to do, if there's mm -hmm. a way out or how to get out. I mean, what, what, what advice do you have for people to like, break out of these kind of situations? The great thing about these days, and I, I say jokingly, but also not jokingly, I could have saved so much money on therapy had there been social media back in those days. Like the fact that you can just reach out and find other people that are questioning, watch a YouTube video that answers those questions that you're asking. Um, just you have access to all the information. I mean, a lot of Muslims too grew up thinking just because they had good families and their families would be like, no, like. Islam is all about love and it means peace. It actually means submission. It doesn't mean peace. But anyway, like people, they, they like make these pretty stories for their kids. And then their kids are seeing ISIS and they're like, wait a minute, how is that basically a manifestation? Like that's what Prophet Muhammad did. They're just following in his footsteps. And so it's making these people doubt and question. And so then they can go online and read the Quran for themselves. Like they don't have to listen to their 
imam in the mosque or to their teacher in the Muslim school or to their parents. Like, go to the source, read the Quran, see what it says, read the Hadith, see what it says, know the truth. And I think that there, nobody can stop you from doing that anymore. Miriam Namazi was saying that the internet is doing to Islam what the printing press did to Christianity. And I thought like, yes, that's, that's exactly it. Like you can't, that was a whole, that's why they kill us, right? That's why they kill ex-Muslims. They kill apostates because they don't want us telling their secrets on podcasts, for example. You know, like this is why, okay, kill them before they can spread the truth about us. Like we'll keep our secrets to ourselves. Um, Scientology has it the opposite. Like if you tell people the truth, then the person that you have told will end up dying. But, um, you know, all these crazy cults have their own little rules. But basically the premise is don't tell the truth about what's happening in our inner circle. Um, and they can't do that anymore. They have no control over that anymore because now, you know, Google knows everything. So well, I get, I've gotten multiple messages to my page from people who like specifically just off from what I remember, people in Pakistan who like YouTube access to just a lot of things are just completely blocked. And they're, they're asking me, yes. how do I get more information about these things? How do I, how do I read more? And it's like, I don't know what to tell them because I, I want to help, but also like, I don't want to be like, Hey, order a bunch of books. And then, you <laughs> yeah, know, then yeah. now you got a big target on your back because now, they're like, well, why do you have this book? This is not. So like, what would you, I guess, what kind of advice or, I mean, what what do you what what do I say to those people who who have that question and like I want to help but like also don't want to like like legitimately put them at risk? I would say help as much as you can. You're right. A lot of websites are blocked. Um, they do monitor Twitter, for example, waiting like especially like in Saudi Arabia, they're trying to catch gay people or catch atheists. Um, we can't talk our- bad about Saudi Arabia. They're our ally. We can't talk bad about them. Yeah. <laughs> that's a topic of another show. That's yeah, that is that's definitely another thing. show. That's, yeah. that's not loaded yeah. at all. Um so yeah, they they uh they try to try they try and restrict people as much as possible, but you know, if people want to know the truth, they're going to get to the truth. Like you're not going to be able to stop them. This is this Again, to quote Miriam Namazi, this is a tsunami and it's out of their control at this point. They, the word is out. Muslims and ex-Muslims are talking to each other. They have, they know who Carl Sagan is. They know the earth isn't flat. They know it, that it, the sun doesn't set in, you know, in between two mud puddles or whatever. And that we're not on a whale's back and all this bullshit. They know that that's not true anymore. So it's it, the cat's out of the bag kind of at this point. And I would say help people as as much as you possibly can by offering them whatever you can. Like I know Armin Navabi, um, he has a PDF of his book, which is called Why There Is No God. And the reason why he kept the rights to his book is so that he could send PDFs to people in Iran and in all these countries where they'll never be able to actually purchase his book. Um, so, you know, they're, they're so limited with with access to information that if we can get it to them, let's get it to them. And, you know, 
They know they're taking a risk. We're all taking a risk. I'm taking a risk right now. You're taking a risk right now. Like we have to, the more of us that speak out, the less control they have. I mean, when it was only Salman Rushdie and it was only the satanic verses, then they could put a fatwa on his head and everybody else was quiet. But then, you know, it, it grew. And, you know, when it was only Ayanne Hirsi same thing. She had to deal with death threats. She has to have um, guards, like bodyguards with her. But now there are so many of us. And the more of us that speak up, the stronger we are. Well, not yet. Like, that was another question, too, like, from somebody on the page, like, what can the atheist community do to help? And, I mean, is that what it is, is just speaking and being united and just giving as much of a platform to people to tell their stories, right? And, yeah, and put the yeah. spark of of just of critical thought, like just help them because a lot of these, a lot of these, if it's a Muslim school, by definitely critical thought is not just discouraged; it is punished. Like we were not allowed to ask questions. If you doubt or if you start to try to make sense of something, then that's the devil whispering in your ear. And you have to try and shut the devil out. So we would actively shut down our our minds because that's how you get to heaven, right? You don't want to burn in hell. Um, so just helping these people to sort of see the light for themselves. I'm not saying tell them what to think. I'm just saying like help them to think, like how to think, you know, um, question it. Try to try to see because none of it makes sense. I mean, the th it falls like a house of cards in seconds, you know, it, it doesn't take long. Religion is ridiculous. And they can see it when it's other religions. Like, they'll be like, oh, ha ha ha, Scientology is so funny. It's like, well, did you notice how ridiculous yours is? Like the guy built a boat and put all the insects in it. And like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, it's just. And here we are. Yeah, it all. <laughs> yeah. Like, so they don't see it when it's their when it's their own. And you know, Muslims don't recognize how ridiculous the religion is until you start, they just start to question a little bit. And then it's just like a, a thread just unravels. It, it's I pretty think that's, quick. That's pretty consistent for any religion though, is it, it, none of it makes sense. And once, like you said, like once you can question something in a book that is supposed to be perfect, then that leads you to the question, the next ridiculous thing and then and the next, and then all of a sudden none of it makes sense, but we have this book that's supposed to be perfect, but none of it adds up. Mm -hmm. No. And then they, then you actually go and read the religious text and you're like, what the fuck is this? <laughs> like, what, what am I yeah. reading? Like, yeah. no, yeah. this, this makes no fucking sense. Yeah. So, Let's Plus, like, think. the Quran yeah. is like, so, like I read the, I've read the Bible. I've read most of the Quran, like in, in bits and pieces all over. It is, it is just awful. This is the most boring thing ever. Cause he tells the same goddamn story, like 15,000 times throughout the entire book. Yeah. It's, it's, it's a bit, he needed an editor. <laughs> <laughs> they all did. <laughs> like, it's almost like there weren't a lot of people checker. that were literate, that wrote books back then, that could write it yeah. down. So it was the stories that were passed around. <laughs> yeah. It's just a mishmash of a bunch of stories that he took from here and there. And, 
Yeah, it's, people like to say like, oh, it's so beautiful. It's so poetic. It's so wonderfully written. I'm like, what is this trope that you're repeating? Like, have you read it? It's garbage. Yeah. It's which, really- yeah, which, which Sarah are you talking about that's poetic? Like, <laughs> Right. There's nothing poetic about it. I mean, it is, I mean, it's, it's just really, really badly written. And it, it, it doesn't make any sense. And it's full of contradictions. And it's just, there's nothing- and even the English, this is the thing, like when you read it in Arabic, it's actually even worse because the translators in English are like trying their hardest to make sense of it and to make it like as coherent as possible. And they also choose the most generous like adjectives to translate the words that are in the Quran. So if, so if in the Quran, it's a word that's like, beat your wife, they'll change it to um, strike her or something <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like lightly they'll put in brackets. So they try as hard as they can <laughs> to like, don't leave, don't leave a mark, but if you do, it's okay. <laughs> just make it. So it's not like, just do, basically don't, don't make her bleed. Yes. Like, that's all that's we're looking right. for. Just like, tone it down. Right. Tone it yeah. down. The, just yeah. tone it down. Yep. Like yeah. we're okay. We're okay there. with domestic violence. Just, yeah. Just yeah, tone just it down a bit. A little, Less. Yeah. 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 So when you read it in Arabic, there's no toning down. It's straight up. Right. And it's, it's pretty brutal. And so like, okay. So just bringing up that kind of topic of like, you know, violence towards women and that kind of thing. Like how, how does this religion fit into our modern society and wanting, you know, that I would say most of us want women to be viewed as you know mm-hmm. humans. Yeah. Like how, how does, Yeah. Like, can you talk a little bit about... Well, I think the short answer is it doesn't. Yeah. That's that's my short answer. There are Muslim reformers out there um, that I have a lot of respect for, like Majid Nawaz or Asra Namani, that really want to try and put this square peg into a round hole. And so well, they're trying their best. And on that, like Majid, he's a well-known anti-Islam extremist, though. Like totally. We can't talk about him on here because the Southern Poverty Law Center. Oh yeah, right. Like their greatest ally on the left, <laughs> and that's the person that they choose to make an enemy out of. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I understand. Yeah. Same thing. She's also a reformer now, and the, and these are they. They're sort of of the of the mindset that like. So it's like, you know how Christianity had the Old Testament and then it had like the kinder, 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 gentler New Testament. They're trying to sort of do the same thing with Islam. Um, but that's, that's them, right? <laughs> yes, <I> mean, <laughs> you know? that's about, yeah, <laughs> to each about their like own, however, however they want to go about their life and whatever it is that they want to do, I support them. That's fantastic because at least it's a step in the right direction. Um, but personally, I would, I think that I value truth and I value honesty and um, I think that there's, there's, there's just, I don't, I don't, I don't like the wishy-washy gray area in between. Well, you can, you can take a pile of shit and put whatever you want on. It's still a pile of shit. A hundred percent. Totally agree. You spray it with as much, you know, (laughs) there's not enough degrees in the world (laughs) to make this any better. (laughs) Yes, completely agree. Yeah, just clean up the shit. Yeah, yeah. It, yeah. So your your short answer is what I expected for the short answer. Yeah, yeah. Just like it, it doesn't work. 
It doesn't. It doesn't work. There's it, it, there's no place. They they're they're at odds completely with each other. Yeah. Now, and we then you know still on the subject of women, we had we had people several people ask about you know the traditional dress and the burqa and hijab and everything. Like, what's your what's your thought about? <laughs> so this is so we 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 only have we I can only loose. live stream for four hours. <laughs> We're already so forty that, minutes in, right, so, so we can only talk about this talk for fast, three hours fast, and twenty minutes. Talk fast. Talk fast. <laughs> all right. Um, first of all, I I want to say that it's actually not traditional dress. So every one of these countries that was had their cultures annihilated and replaced with Islam um, has an actual culture. So, like, look at ISIS now, what they're doing in Syria. You know, they're breaking down all the statues. They did the same thing with the Buddhist Buddhist statues in Afghanistan. Like, this is their thing, right? Get rid of yeah. the culture of the, of the place and then replace their culture with Islam. So now people say things like Islamic culture, Islamic dress. Um, there is no Islam doesn't have a culture. It, it doesn't have a food. It doesn't have a it doesn't have a language. It doesn't have music. It doesn't have art. There's no fucking culture there. It's a religion. Well, there's violence. There's violence. Sure, violence. it's a violent religion. <laughs> but 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 to say like that somebody is um, a cultural Muslim is like. No, there, there is a culture there. What are you? Are you Pakistani? Are you Egyptian? Are you Indonesian? Are you every single one of these countries has a different separate culture and Islam tried its hardest and in some ways really did succeed. The fact that we're having this conversation is a testament to its success um, of annihilating the culture that existed beforehand and, and replacing it with, with just Islam. So when people like to celebrate the hijab, they're celebrating a far-right Islamic, I don't even want to say symbol, because it's more than just a symbol, it's like a tool. Um, that's what they're celebrating. They're not celebrating different cultures. They're not celebrating multiculturalism and different people. They're treating Muslims like a monolith, and like all the same, which is exactly what Muhammad wanted. And not only are they treating all Muslims exactly the same, but they're valuing the most right-wing Muslims, which is also exactly what Muhammad wanted. So it's exactly the Islamist agenda is totally fucking working when you have Muslim or when you have women in hijab on catwalks and on, you know, Hillary Clinton sending out a tweet celebrating this Olympian because she was wearing a hijab. I mean, she didn't celebrate the other Muslim women or the other women of different ethnicities that were all in the Olympics. This was just a random, she wasn't even, she didn't even win any medals. Almost like she was pandering. Totally pandering, but she's pandering to the right wing. Like, can you imagine Hillary pandering to a right wing Christian and being all excited about somebody wearing Mormon underwear? Like that would never happen. No. No. So why are you excited about a right wing Muslim? It makes no sense. Like they treat Muslims as if they're like this separate entity. They don't realize that they're just human beings like the rest of us. And the same logic that you use when you talk about any other religions is the same. They think just because Muslims have brown skin and there are minorities in America or there are minorities in Canada, all of a sudden they have to get, they get treated with these kid gloves and they get treated differently. Well, no, that's, that's fucking rude. They're still 
people just like everybody else, regardless of the color of their skin. That's legit racism right there. Like, is how is that going? How is that a liberal value? Um, so, yeah, you guys knew it was going to drive me crazy. <laughs> like, <laughs> but well, this is yeah, a big well, topic, right? It is, it is because that, like, the way it was phrased in one of the questions too, was just to ask you about like sort of this glorification oh, of yes. of this type of dress, and um, yeah, because that that is kind of how it how it feels a yep. bit, and it's. I mean, so so to me, I mean, I, I saw that question. And that's one that I picked because I I legitimately had questions about that, too. How you would feel about seeing, yes, like on a catwalk or just in mm-hmm. imagery that's supposed to be empowering to yeah, women. Yeah, like a woman's march, for example. That's, see, that's where, that's where I saw it. And I, I felt slightly confused. Yeah. <laughs> that's because you're using your brain. So, so, so I, I saw it and I was just like... But then, and then, okay, to be really honest, I saw it and I'm like, shit, I don't think that this is right, but am I, is there something wrong with me for not thinking, you know what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Why, because they've the, raised you that way. They've trained you to, to, to bite your tongue before you criticize Islam or anything to do with Islam. Well, that, I mean, so and that's, that's why, yeah. that's what they want. Like, that's why, where this whole bullshit Islamophobia thing comes from is yes, that's perfect segue to avoiding that. criticism of it so that you don't challenge it so that you don't question it so that it's allowed to continue to live, which is the way the, that Muslims are raised. That's what right. Islamists want. That's the Salafi way. That's what I was telling you guys about. I'm not allowed to question things. It was act not, it was punished. You're not supposed to criticize. You're not supposed to think. You're not supposed to question. You just do. And for some reason, free human beings in the Western world are accepting this. Like, like I didn't have a choice. I was brainwashed from a kid. But like, why are grown adults accepting this? This like, like Salman Rushdie said, like the West has internalized the fatwa. Like, it, it's like Muslims are. It's like they're like it's like there's these bullies, and. They're like, say I'm beautiful, you know, like, yeah. or I'm going to fucking kill you, you know? And then everybody's like, you're beautiful. You're beautiful. <laughs> like, what are yeah. you doing? You guys. Just like that <laughs> like, chick on, on, on Instagram who just does nothing but post selfies all day and then gets mad if you don't say, I, again, <laughs> topic of another <laughs> podcast. The Dan Robin story? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> so, okay. So, so then, so that. My so my way of thinking though, like when I when I saw that and felt sort of like that little bit of shit, I shouldn't I shouldn't feel critical of this big sign that somebody's holding up that because you don't want to be racist. Well, and that's I think that's what this is something I've been like thinking in my head for like a month the last month. It's like this weird combination of you have like far left liberals wanting to like distance themselves from just the stupid bullshit the far right is saying just because it's it's something that the far right saying so we can't say anything that sounds like it so in this case the enemy right. of my enemy is my friend so mm-hmm. i'm going to i'm they're going to criticize islam they're going going to say we should do something as fucking stupid as ban muslim or muslim majority countries from being able to come mm-hmm. in like you're only helping ugh. We can, again, yeah. we only have four hours of live streaming, <laughs> but that's that's I think I think that's that's what it is. And then we have the, like people on the far left saying, "Well, no, you can't say that. You can't. You should let them be their own 
like you should let this woman dress how she wants to dress. That's fine, but she's not dressing how she wants to dress. The religion is telling her how to dress. She's being control like it's controlling her yeah. and telling her how to dress. That's not a choice. It's or or even if it is a choice, you have um who was it? I, I forget the the woman's name that was in uh I think it was even in Saudi Arabia who posted a a, a picture of herself on Twitter without a, her hijab on and she got arrested or there at yeah. least and then they're talking about uh like latching her for it. Yep. Yep, and the same thing happens in Iran. Women are literally going to prison and 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 risking their lives to take off the hijab. And then we've got women over here celebrating the hijab. It, it's it's a weird like I was watching this TED talk with this woman who left the Westboro Baptist Church and she was talking about like coming out of the darkness and then into the light and you know joining the the world and realizing that they're not all hateful people and totally completely, you know, related to that, because that was a lot of my story too. Except the difference is when I came out into the light and I joined the world, I'm like, oh, look at all you dumb fuckers celebrating the darkness. Like it's it's it was a betrayal, but it's also like, how are you so stupid? Like I I almost died trying to get out of that. And women in Saudi Arabia and women in Iran and women in Somalia and women all over the world are dying to get out of this. And how rude, like it's just like shoving it in their face. I don't know how to explain it. it, it it's, I get so emotionally charged because it's just, it's such a betrayal because these are, the, I am a liberal, like you people, like I, I can't understand how you're supporting oppressors and i think a lot of it has go ahead oh a lot of it i think you're about to say what i was about to say a lot of it just has to do with people that just are ignorant of their of their religion and so they're defending this religion that it has instructions in the hadith to to kill us and we don't know that it or these people who are defending it don't know that or or maybe they do and they just say well that's just you're just interpreting it wrong it's like no it says that yeah and i think it's also what you said before too of it's just like a knee-jerk reaction to the right so if the right are being racist so we're gonna be like uber super duper loving of all cultures regardless of or all belief systems or whatever regardless of what that belief system actually is and then this is when you like, there's a couple of things here. First of all, I don't think that a lot of Muslims vote Democrat, right? Like Linda Sarsour, who like, I love Sharia and Linda Sarsour. She is not a liberal human being. She is clearly a right wing conservative Muslim. But Bernie Sanders, you know, props her up in, in his tweet. And he's talking about how he supports her and he's calling her progressive. Like, no, she's not progressive, Bernie. She... She wants to vote Dem because she knows that you're going to pander to minorities. If she were in a country, like if she were back home, she's going to vote for the Islamist group, for the Islamist party. That's who she is at, at her core. But when you want to... So so what I mean to say is liberal and de- Democrats are not the same thing. And so Democrats will... They don't, they conflate that, right? So they're like, okay, so the Republicans only like white Christian men. So therefore, we're going to like everybody else and everybody else, come, 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 let me take care of you. 
let me love you. And they are not even thinking about if you're aligning values with these people, but it's like, no, it's just you have dark skin or you have a different sounding name or whatever. So here, come, let me protect you. Well, are you going to do the same thing with, uh, with like a black supremacists? <laughs> They're black, you know, like, but so even though your values don't well, align, are you also going to support them? Let's be honest. Black people are scary. <laughs> My God. <laughs> Yeah, like oh, I just, that was a joke. Please don't send me. Please don't send me. Tweet at NC Newell. <laughs> Everything's my fault because I'm a woman. That was a so, joke. You know, we're laughing. Exactly. That's how you know it's a joke. And ISIS, ISIS yeah. are a minority group, mm-hmm. and they have brown skin. Are you going to support them too? Like, where where do you draw? If you're just going to support people because of the their identity and not because of their values, you're going to get yourself in a fucking mess. Well, it's, it's just a complete, like just ignoring of any sort of nuance to that, to, to think like for more than five seconds about what I want to support or why I'm supporting this person. It's like, like you said, it's just, this person is not white. So mm-hmm. I'm going to immediately defend them no matter what the situation is, because mm-hmm. they've dealt with, they probably dealt with a lot of shit before. And I mean, a lot of not white people have, mm-hmm. uh, unless you're Ben Carson and you think they came here willingly. But that's another. That's a. That's, that's another, podcast another podcast. Too. But so, but really though, like the thing is, then you're you're def- you know protecting and defending all these people, whatever. But then what? Like, but then what's that doing for a woman in a house with like? paper over the windows exactly so what about the minorities within the minorities right so like this is the thing like i'm all for supporting human beings i'm a humanist like i'm it's not like i'm saying kill all muslims i'm not i'm not (laughs) you know (laughs) i'm going to edit this out and you're just gonna say kill all muslims right nsa is just gonna pick up that one line (laughs) (laughs) um like of course I'm for, I'm for that, but but I'm what my problem is that they're the 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 celebrating of the right wing conservative Muslims is the confusion here. Like you mentioned, exactly, it's super like what are you doing? Um, and then when you support the right wing conservative Muslims, what you're doing is all the other Muslims are now second place or according to SPLC, they're actually anti-Muslim because that's what you've created that though, right? You're supporting the conservatives. So obviously the liberal minded, secular minded, moderate Muslims are now ignored. We're going to celebrate the women that wear hijab. We're not going to celebrate the women that don't wear hijab. Even if they're Muslim too, it doesn't matter. You're not authentic enough or whatever. They don't, they don't have a big target on them to let you know, hey, you should support me necessarily. I've, they're they're just, just another brown person. So they're not special. And like you said, they're not unique. They're not, mm-hmm. they're not something that we can hang our hat on like what you said Clinton, you know, obviously try, was trying to do to, to show I'm accepting of other cultures without question. Mm-hmm. And I mean, you can do that. You can accept other cultures like you can right. say, uh, but you don't have to accept the far or you don't have to celebrate the far right wing part of that group. 
And I don't, I don't, I think part of it is people just don't know that it is like an extremist group. I like, obviously ISIS is, but like you said, like the, the wearing of the hijab, like they don't know that that's not, you know, part of, or it's not part of Islam. It's not in the Quran anyway. Yeah. And I think you're absolutely right. Cause somebody, why is this discussion even happening about is the Muslim Brotherhood a terrorist group? <laughs> like how low is the bar for Muslims that ISIS are the only ones that we consider extremists, right? Like <laughs> Muslim Brotherhood are horrific people, but we're like, hmm, they're not throwing gay people off of roofs. So maybe they're not so bad. You know what I mean? Like they're worse they're just, than the KKK. They're just, they're just dropping them. They're not throwing. So <sighs> it's not, it's, it's gravity's fault at that point. Yeah. It just, it's just a really, I don't, I don't really think, low I don't, bar. Yeah, and I don't, I don't think a lot of people even know that that's something that actually happens. Like gay people do get thrown off of, or dropped off of roofs. Yeah, because that's there, what there's just the this religion utter teaches. Lack. Yeah. That's well, Sharia. I, see, and I'm always amazed, like, when, I mean, when Dan on his, on his Facebook page posts anything about Islam, he get, you get, like, you get a shit ton of comments mm-hmm. messages yeah. all kind like and i mean obviously you i mean yasmin you have you run a so your own social media too and i'm sure get your share of of comments and feedback mm-hmm. about like what you're doing it's i mean it's just it's amazing to see just as an outsider like the the internet yeah. kind of explode over some of these memes or articles or whatever Mm -hmm. around this religion it's i think that i part of the reason why i got into this world was because i recognized that when dan or sam harris or you know anybody else like a white man says exactly this and i'm i want to stop you i'm glad you chose to include sam in this conversation too i know i'm you know we're on the same level yeah He's he's gonna like just listen to those you know. his name and Sam. I know I know Sam uh, regularly tunes in. <laughs> you know. Yeah, you gonna go out for coffee later? With your- yeah, him and Sam. Him and Sam are gonna chill later. Um, yeah. But like when a white man posts something, then people sort of they they take it as their opportunity to virtue signal. They don't even have to think. They, about what he it, he has posted they're just like ah white man is saying something so i kind of realized like as a brown woman like i have actually i can say these things and they can't they have to think about what i've said they can't stop by saying who are you to say that you know what i mean like they they can't just look at my identity because it doesn't it doesn't it doesn't work so then they have to go to the next step and they have to actually look at the meme and respond to what it actually says. So they have to actually use their brain when they're interacting with me. And I I can see that with a lot of people that I know on social media that don't have the identity that gives them that sort of protection, not protection, but like ability to speak out more than without being attacked. Like people... I mean, they do attack. First, I I would get a lot of like, what do you know, white girl? And I'd be like, actually, I'm Arab. And then they're like, oh, fuck, block. Actually? <laughs> and then they block, right? Or they'd be like, what do you know about Islam? And I'll be like, well, I was Muslim for 25 years. Ah, shit, right? They have nothing else to say. So then they have to actually engage with me or run away. Most of the time they run away. 
Um, but I was looking at the posts that you were posting. They were hilarious, Dan. They were perfect. They were spot on. I loved them all. And I loved all of your responses even more. Um, and I think that even though people have that knee jerk sort of virtue signaling reaction, because like you were saying, Natalie, it's the way we were raised with political correctness, right? Like this is what you, you, you're going to get that icky feeling before you, um, before you criticize something or so people have to get past that though, right? Like they have to, they, I think the more that you post these and the more that you respond and, and all of your followers were jumping on them too, right? Like you've got some great followers that were just not letting go. <laughs> so. yeah, I don't, yeah. I, and I, I'd like to think I may have had a small part of that, but like some, I, yeah, I, it, it, I, I just, I'm just happy that there's a, there's a conversation. Able, yeah. I'm able to, to put out that, like I have a platform that I can have that kind of conversation on and get people talking mm-hmm. and talking to one another, not just, not just whoever, like me, like as like the person running the page, but as like just people talking to people. And then like the thread I sent you, uh, yesterday with, uh, I didn't even, I couldn't even read. It was about like, the, most of the, the, Oh, right. Yeah. The responses. The, yeah. Just the, it, 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 she's like I said, like that, that woman had been messaging the page for a, like two weeks, at least solid. It was just the same, you know, it's the religion of peace. It's like, no, no, uh, you can call it that. But then we have to like find a new word for like the colloquial word for peace because it's absolutely yeah. not. Yeah. And I don't expect that you'll ever get through to her because she's brainwashed. Mm -hmm. But the fact that she's on there making arguments and other people are reading your responses and the responses of your followers, that will help to make. Right. Like you were saying, they need to think for five seconds, just like just stay with this thought for like just not even a full minute and you'll (laughs) get it. Right. And that's people just react. That's what I. That's one of the things that I at least try to convey is is there. There's so many people that just read things and don't comment or don't engage just because of either you know they're they just don't want to deal with pushback or they don't want other people like somebody else to actually see like what they they think and and attack them and. and so like you can't measure that. You can't measure the impact on that. But there's there's so many who like even I'm just going through my messages because I've I've started saving uh, like you can assign labels like to, me- to messages to pages. So I've just started saving the these messages from uh, either current Muslims or former Muslims who like are appreciating what what's going on and like re- reasserting like the things that I'm saying. And yeah. it's it's like it's. It's our. I feel it's a responsibility that we have. As, I mean, I, I'm. I grew up Catholic until I was like 13. So I mean, I have, and, and I wasn't even molested. So I have like nothing. To, <laughs> I, I wasn't cute enough. Maybe I didn't like. Hey, I was even an altar boy, and like I had a lot of one. He had a lot of opportunities. Is all I'm saying. Oh but or maybe he did, and I'm just re- repressing. Oh. Who knows? I wasn't. I was positive experience. So, so yeah. But. So there, there we go. There's another podcast too. There is another podcast. <laughs> but, but like, there, there are people who, like you said, even though we live in, you, know, you know, we live in North America. Like we're not, you know, 
we don't have YouTube blocked. We don't have all these mm-hmm. different websites blocked. We have the mm-hmm. ability to speak like that. There's so many who don't or so many who can't or so many who just because of pressure from their family aren't able to do that. Like I feel a responsibility mm-hmm to get that message out there, to say those things that they can't say, to mm-hmm. draw Muhammad because we're yep. told not to, yep. to and, and, and to do the things that other people can't but want to do for mm-hmm. wh- whatever reason. And 100%, yeah. I think anybody that disagrees with that is an asshole and like, totally. fight me. Yeah. But like, <laughs> don't fight, fight me, me because I'm, I'm not a fighter. Like, <laughs> I'm just be like, no, like, <laughs> But no, but you're like, you're, you're having all these like comment sections, conversations for the people who are the bystanders and people who are looking and, and though, like, those are the people that you, I mean, just in general, like those are the people you have the conversations for. You're Mm -hmm. not going to convince the people who are so indoctrinated beyond all like hope of critical thinking. Yeah. You like, you get the ones who are like maybe on the verge and they read this stuff that you write, Dan, that you write Yasmin and like then it starts to come together. And that, yeah. I mean, that's why I think any of us do what we do in terms of like advocating for our various yeah. causes. Um, and you know, sometimes we do, like we, we don't know, like we could just be like making little chips in the, in their cement wall that they've got up in their head. Right. Um, Alish Bazarmin, who is um, Ali Rizvi's wife, Ali told us the story of how, she was communicating with a Muslim and she was telling him that he was stupid <laughs> and he ended up blocking her cause he was like, or she blocked him or something. And then like three years later he bumped into Ali and he's like, can you just tell your wife that she's the reason why I'm an atheist today? Like it, it <laughs> took that long though. Right. Like he hated her. He was mad at her. They're blocking each other. Um, but it got through it. It was, you know, she did, she just, just a little chink in the armor, right? Yeah. Yeah. And and that's what that's what you're doing. I mean, that's why like we're so stoked to have you on to to talk and to to share all this with with our audience and like, you know, it's the kind of thing where, you know, we we want to leave all these little like artifacts around on the internet for people to find that might be questioning these things and I love it. You know, yeah. Just and yeah, and who knows, like, if somebody listens to this or then follows your page and, you know, continues to follow what Dan does. And, and yeah, it's like helping change one person's mind who then can maybe change another person's mind. And mm-hmm. it's like paying the critical thinking forward, hopefully. Oh, and, that's beautiful. You know, yeah. <laughs> doing what we can. So I, I know anyone who watched this or listened to this is going to want to follow you on all the social media places so can you tell everybody where to find you online all right um i've got a website confessions of an um and it's got a few chapters like excerpts of my of chapters of my book um and it's also got all of the different things that i've done like i'll put this podcast up there eventually the different conferences that i'll be speaking at and um interviews and articles and whatnot and you can also follow me on Twitter at ConfessionsXMU, E-X-M-U, um, and on Facebook, Confessions of an Ex-Muslim as well. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for doing this with us. And I, yes, I feel absolutely. like we'll probably invite you back sometime because there's like probably a million other conversations oh, yeah. we can have. I feel have. like I could chat with you guys for another four hours. Yeah, this seriously. so fun. <laughs> well, thank you so much for doing <laughs> this you. with us. Thanks, guys. That was so good. Yay! That was so good. That was awesome.
That was really so great. Much. I really enjoyed that. Thank you. I'm I'm so I'm so happy you had me on. And I loved your pay the critical thinking forward. That was just beautiful. Like I'm gonna. I don't, I don't know where that came from. <laughs> that was just like it was from God. It was from God. <laughs> it was from God. It was from God. All of this is just blessed. He by, does, he by does work Lord. in mysterious ways. <laughs> he does. So I'm writing that down. That's going to be the. That's going to be the quote that I use when I share this. Pay the critical thing you because that was that's exactly it. I mean, once you get out, I mean, you could just go ahead and just be free, or you can turn around and and try to help others. But anyway, thank you so much, you guys. This week, the reason we love the internet, or at least why I'm told I'm supposed to love the internet, is because of Lemon Party? Yeah, so, okay, so you you put you put Lemon Party in the Google Doc, and... I don't I mean, recall you, first of this. all, First of all, you the fact that you put anything into you a Google Doc... You can't prove that I didn't. Well, I but I didn't do it, so... I didn't do it. Then who did it? Then who it's did it? Not on me. I don't know. <laughs> you did, did it. You really did, didn't do did it. Did you give? Did you? Did you give Vance access? <gasps> oh my god! You don't. You know who fucking did it? It was. <laughs> oh my. God. You throw him under the bus. Throw him under <laughs> the was, bus. It was Matthew O'Neill. Oh my god! What did? Fuck that guy. Like, this is I, not my idea. Oh, I thought. I thought it was idea. your idea. I thought it was your idea. No. No, oh. that's why you were like, oh, let's oh. do it. I was like, well, okay. Oh, I thought it was, okay. I don't love this. I don't love it either. Like, <laughs> do not want. I'm, I thought it was you. No. I thought it was you. No, this is why, th- we talked about this in the last production meeting. I thought it was you. <laughs> I'm gonna no. start crying right now from no. laughing. I thought it was so. You. Like <laughs> this, this is why I am. I I'm doing this under protest, under duress. <gasps> I don't. I mean, I don't. I, we don't have to talk about this. Well, I mean, we have <laughs> to now. We already started the damn segment, <laughs> and we're live. I, I thought it was you that wanted to talk about lemon party. No. I thought that you wanted to talk about. Why like, would I want to do that? I, did, I didn't know and so in my mind i thought it was funny that you wanted to talk about it oh, like good. like i wanted Great. to know why you wanted to talk about three old guys like you know doing what are they stuff doing? to each other like uh, you need to be more specific <laughs> i mean two what, what exactly them, two of them are kissing them and one of them is blowing the other one like it's, and they're all in bed, and it is just. You see, this is why this is why YouTube won't monetize any of our fucking videos. Is because of this shit. Because we talk <laughs> about I, old dudes blowing each other. But I thought, like, I still can't get over this. I thought this was you. No, I really thought that you because, like, because I was thinking, like, no, oh, I this run is such a classy a- show here. I have a classy <laughs> website, a classy Facebook page, a classy podcast, pop podcast. I'm just, ugh. No, like, you're distracted by the old naked dudes. Um, 
But I thought that you wanted to talk about this because it's such a, like, no. classic, like, internet thing. Because, like, I remember the first time somebody sent me a link to this, I was like, oh, it was probably, like, on AOL Instant Messenger and something. I'm like, oh, yeah, I'll click on this. What the fuck was that? I was just like, there are three old naked dudes, <laughs> like, doing that. So I thought that you were, bra- that you put it there. But fucking atheist theologian is making us have this conversation yeah, and I, bet he's, I bet he's giggling actually right now, i little girl i i i'm receiving There's nothing wrong with little girls That's well, no no so, no, so i no so actually yes <laughs> i i have a message that says from him i'm crying i'm laughing so hard right now i can't breathe good. well good i'm crying good i'm crying because of who i am as a person right now I mean, right. that's the dad broadbent story so that it's is. okay so if you don't know what this is like don't google it when you're at work or yeah. around children or even anyone that you want to have any sort of semblance of respect for you moving forward in the future yeah um, i guess like the only thing i feel even remotely comfortable linking like or like reading or or discussing in detail is the urban dictionary definition which is i think just fantastic what is it Uh, it's uh lemon party is one of the unholy trinity of internet pictures which all must witness to be quote jaded internet users unquote which i mean let's be honest we all are Uh, and then the the holy trinity is tub girl yeah (laughs) and lemon party Lemon Party is yep. probably the tamest of the three. <laughs> Not untrue. <laughs> just by being... Slips into it. Probably the tamest of the three, just by being hardcore old man gay orgy sex. <laughs> Believe me, the other two are worse. That's the actual definition. That's that's a great definition. Um, that is a great definition. Where would you, I, where would you rank? Uh, obviously, obviously, Lemon Party is uh, undoubtedly the... The lowest of the three. Where would yeah. you put? Where would I you think put tough, tough girl at. I think tough girls the grossest. Okay, that one. Okay, I. I still remember being in my college dorm room and somebody sending me that. But like, but I think. Oh my god. Okay, I still remember. Somebody it was. Made, I think somebody, it was my friend designed it into a cake. I'm looking at a tub girl cake. No, right now, and that is just amazing. <laughs> Like so, like, that went into that. Was that the like precursor to like two girls, one cup? Like, it has to be sort of again, like they, know, they're if you they're don't in know the what same it is, family. Like, I don't think. Google it around. Just don't anybody ever. Just so, don't Google it. Just ask your mom or something. <laughs> like so, okay, yeah, I I think Tub Girl's the grossest, and then Goatsey, and then then Le- Le- Lemon Party is just the most innocent of all of them. It's just three dudes trying to trying to have it a is. good time. It is. It's just it three is. guys just doing their thing. It's not anything oh I would God. want to watch, but there's nothing wrong with that. Not that there's Tough anything girl, wrong though. with that. So, Tough um, girl, there is something wrong with Goatsy. Yeah, but all like, of this was so like college for me. This is yeah, this is what absolutely. I did in college. Like, but see, with Goatsy though, stuff. at least you, there there's so many options that for for you to do. And again, like, don't Google just this, don't. like. Like, not when you're, like, out, like, on public transit or something. You're just looking at this stuff. But at least Goatsy, um, you can be, you can be a little creative with. You, you can't, uh, I guess, we have tub girl cake, so. That's so disgusting. That's what I'm getting you for your birthday next year. Uh, which part? The tub girl cake. 
Or I'll just I give you a lemon party. I'll send the lemon party dudes too. I don't. I don't want like I'm no, literally getting cold chills right now. Like, okay. Well, I'm like I'm starting to at least like dry the tears that were streaming down my face from know. laughing so hard at this. Um. So do we like say like so we should fuck you, like, Matthew, we'll for like up, this? We? Yeah. Yeah. Like. Well, I don't like like if this is somebody's like first listen to our podcast. Like I'm. Like, sorry. We say this every week, but I am so sorry. <laughs> <laughs> oh god we'll say i don't i don't even want to call matthew for another show at this point we'll like, say he's, are we can we just break up with him as a friend of the show he's uh acquaintance of the show right. not even yeah he's, on, he's on notice I'll is what he is talk to him oh, about I this later white word behind me here yeah just cross so his we'll name off who's on notice yeah. we have we have at&t uh we have zuckerberg and matthew o'neill we have o'neill so. yeah yeah i don't know i'll I'll have a conversation with him and I don't know. I don't know what will come of that. But yeah, okay. So um do do your thing now that where you like thank people yeah, who actually um, give us money for whatever fucking like Michael and Trevor and Alice and another Michael and a, a third Michael and Felix and Amanda and Chris and James and Sarah and Josue. Uh, you can, you know, follow us uh, on our Patreon at patreon.com slash TSE podcasts and where we promise not to ever talk about like what happened just now ever again can we agree on that like we will not talk about no. lemon party again uh, yeah 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 see this is this is why at is on notice because you're i was just lagging out there but uh if you don't want to throw money at us i mean that's cool too you can just tell your friends and like give us a five-star rating maybe i don't i don't i would probably give us like not five. What about like week. what about like but three and a half? Three and a half. <laughs> if you want to listen to more, we promise it gets better from here because it can't get any worse. You can listen at scienceenthusiastpodcast.com. Also uh you can contact us and let us know like stuff at podcast at scienceenthusiast.com. Uh any uh any angry tweets about uh, there only being two genders, uh tweet at us at NC Newell on Twitter. Follow Natalie on Skeptical Parenting and also like posts like nasty things to her page because she <laughs> always brags about how she never gets nasty things or messages to her page and how I get all the hate. But she's the one that made me do it. She made me do everything tonight. Like it's that evil woman. Like I didn't have any I didn't have any control at all. I didn't have any authority here at all. I didn't have any choice at all. It's all that evil, evil women and their evil women magic because boys will be boys. Hashtag. Not all women. I don't know. What not am I supposed? What do I say to boys. that? Not all boys. Hashtag whatever. Um, you do you want a, a very simple quote to end this whole debacle? Yeah, hit us with a quote. All right. So I'm just gonna go with um, one for Shaquille O'Neal and just say that the Earth isn't fucking flat. Neil deGrasse Tyson and yeah. any reasonable fucking person on the planet. That's why so. athletes are not role models. <laughs> exactly. Um, all right. Yeah, so I posted that. I put. I posted that once, like some, like three or four months ago. I put, said athletes are not role models, and like I got all this hate. Like, oh, well, they can be. Well, they're not role models. They play a fucking game. Like, I'm not saying they can't be good people. They're just not fucking role models. And clearly not. Um, Fight me. Scientists. All right. So at NC Newell. 
We'll see. We'll see. I still have this feeling that even though you're, you're putting that out there, that's not coming my way. We'll see. I'm, I, I'm sure I already have like five messages sent to the page. So. Yeah, yeah. So, all right. So next week, we'll be back for anybody that feels like doing this again with us. And we have um, Kevin Davis from Secular Voices and Young Skeptics. We have our interview with him that we're going to air. And we will also have an interview, just a little short interview with a special guest, friend of the show, that we're going to air along with that. Not Matthew. Not, no. no. Fuck that guy. Okay, so are you cool with me going and starting? I'm not your dad. That is that is true. So I'm gonna get started. All right. You can call me. No, don't do that. Oh, don't, boy. don't don't do it. Don't do it. I didn't don't, know it was that kind of show. Don't make this Richard, weird. Sorry. Don't don't make this weird, dude. Different show. Right. Different podcast. Different podcast. My bad. Welcome, Yasmin. Really, because Jesus Christ, Dan. All right. Tonight we are 102. Well, dude. False start over and over and over. We're gonna do this, and we're gonna get serious and really be really professional here. So. I'm going to talk, and then, Dan, you're going to shh for a minute. Okay? Like, a, like, a, like right. a good man does. Yeah. All right. So, tonight on our podcast, we are... The music you heard tonight was written and performed by Adam Johnson and was used with his permission. You can contact Adam at adamjohnsondc at gmail.com. This podcast is property of Not Narrow or Straight, LLC. All rights reserved.